0: Pickleball professional Taylor Niss, like many people, found a new hobby during the COVID-19 pandemic. She now bakes healthy treats for her family and friends. The great thing about this is they all now have more energy on the pickleball court. So listen on for what Taylor is baking and how you can feel better on the court, too. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about Pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Taylor Niss. Welcome, Taylor.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Now, you came on my radar a few weeks ago because I had realized on the Pickleball Fire podcast that I had been talking with not very many women. So I posted in the Pickleball Forum for Women just ideas on on people to interview, and your name came up as a result of, of your mom. So that's probably kind of giving things away a little bit. But, you know, tell me a little bit about how you got started playing pickleball and how long ago.
1: So, my parents started playing, I would say, about six years ago. And I was in college at that point. And so was my boyfriend, Brandon Hubschman. And he graduated a year before I did. And my parents were like, You're super athletic. You have to try this sport. So, he gave it a go. And of course, just like they thought, he was really good at it. And then a year later, I graduated, I came home and they tried to convince me to play this sport, pickleball. And I was like, no way, I'm not playing a sport called pickleball. I gave it a try though anyway. And of course, just like everyone else, I became addicted to it. And we all started playing as a family. We played recreationally. And then soon, a couple of years later, I started doing some tournaments and now we're just addicted and we travel all over playing.
0: Now, you're one of the few people who I've had on the podcast who did not have a tennis background. And I don't believe that you had a racket sports background either. So tell me a little bit about the sports that you played at what level and kind of how they translated to the pickleball court.
1: So for my whole life, I played soccer and softball and just for fun, I would play ping pong too. And I think that that really helped because I have strong reflexes, movement on the court. I feel like I can see the ball well and positioning and knowing where to go with it to be successful. So I think having a background in any sport really will help you in pickleball.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And I could definitely see how, you know, just even, you know, something like soccer would be helpful. And, you know, you still do have, well, in that case, really the eye foot coordination but also I would imagine you probably had a lot of stamina from, from soccer. Is that something that you kind of kept up with your, your fitness also, you know, to, to help you in pickleball?
1: Yeah, I do keep up with my fitness. I think that it can only help you in pickleball by staying fit and working out and keeping your cardio.
0: Right. So are you, how much are you, you know, running and, and whatnot at this point, or are you mostly just really focused on actually being on the pickleball court?
1: I would say about 50-50. I do a little bit of both. I love to go to Orange Theory or go for a run, uh, but I also do love being on court and running around because when you're playing pickleball, it doesn't really seem as much of a work.
0: Very true. So, you know, given that you're used to an activity like, like soccer, are you focused on singles or doubles in your pickleball game?
1: Definitely more doubles for me. I'm about five foot two, so singles isn't the greatest for me, but I really enjoy playing
0: now, this week was the Atlanta Open, and I know you're down in uh, Florida. Did you have a chance to go to the tournament?
1: I didn't go to the tournament, but my parents are actually up at the tournament now. My last tournament was the U.S. Open.
0: Now, since it's it's been a while, I guess, well, it's been a few weeks since the U.S. Open, when's your next tournament coming up?
1: The next one that I have scheduled is the Beer City Open in Michigan, And I'll be playing that one with Brandon and then his sister, Brittany.
0: Okay. So, so that's coming up, but it's a little bit like you, you will have had some time off between the tournaments. Is there anything special that you've been working on during that time?
1: I am a coach at Boca Bridges. So a lot of my time right now is being spent coaching and teaching and helping others but I do split that time with playing myself we're really fortunate here in Florida that we have a lot of really strong players so anytime I want a rec game I could easily get one with strong players who are also friends
0: now knowing that you know there's always opportunities well not always opportunities but what would you say that you've been working on in your game the last uh, year or so
1: I would say becoming more aggressive is a part of my game that I've been working towards. In the past, for me, it was really important to be consistent with the ball and I feel I've done a pretty good job with that and that the next step is going to be now becoming a bit more offensive with the ball.
0: All right. Well, we'll get back to being offensive with the ball in a minute, but talk a little bit about, you know, how you were able to develop consistency in pickleball because as I, I talk with so many different pros, you know, that's what everybody says is that, you know, as you keep continue to move up and consistency is the key. So h- how did you become more consistent? What did you do?
1: I did a lot of drilling when I would go out and work with Brandon. And I also, I'm lucky that I get to work with clients as well. So that helps me with my game too. But I think also having that in mind that even if you aren't great at something that that's your goal that every time you play that's the one thing you're going to work on and staying disciplined
0: and then at this point what would you say is the strength of your game because I know that you said you've you've been working on your aggressiveness you know so what else you know have you been doing historically that you would say is your real strength
1: my biggest strength is definitely up at the net I would say I have really strong reflexes so my net game is my strength in my game
0: Okay, so yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, you know, coming from a softball background, I could definitely see, you know, having really fast reflexes when when batting and one not, whatnot. So what's what's your strategy against your opponent, since you do have a really strong net game? What are you trying to do to them?
1: I think the next step, excuse me, step in my game would be to create opportunities for myself and for my partner by taking these low percentage shots and trying to create some opportunities for them by going at their right shoulder or making them pop up the ball to then have the ability to put the ball.
0: Now, that's one thing you don't hear too much talk about at lower levels is the idea of targeting your opponent. So. Are there multiple locations that you're really trying to target somebody? You know, if so, where are they and what situations do you try and hit those shots?
1: I would say for most people, they usually sit backhand at the net. So if you could aim for their right shoulder and do something called a chicken wing, it forces them to kind of awkwardly have to move their arm and get a piece of the ball or hopefully a piece of the ball for them. And then essentially they'll probably pop it up, which would give you the opportunity to put it away. Another good shot is always just going down the middle and making the two players on the other side have to decide who's going to hit the ball, but you want to be able to put a little bit more topspin on the ball. You want to be able to put it closer to their feet or hit it right into their bodies.
0: Right. Yeah, That that's good advice. And, you know, in terms of, you know, you had mentioned with the targeting, you know, trying to get somebody in that chicken wing position, you know, it, it sounds like you're going for that right shoulder, or I guess, depending on how tall they are, it actually could be down a little bit further. Is that right?
1: Yeah, no, it could be.
0: All right. So since you're working on being more aggressive in your game, how do you train to do that? You know, what shots are you trying to hit? And then how do you actually work on those shots?
1: I would say a lot during recreational games that I'm playing, I make that my goal is that I can't just continue to play it safe, you know, as you're jumping from that next level, that's the biggest thing is not just playing it safe anymore and trying to create the opportunity to get those shots. So if you never try them out of fear of missing or losing points, you'll never grow as a player or get better in it. So taking those risks with some of the shots and also going out and drilling some of those shots to try and perfect.
0: And so as you're working on being more aggressive, it sounds like you're trying to take the ball probably from a lower point, but still trying to be aggressive, you know, hitting the ball harder and, you know, maybe trying to hit that right shoulder target. Is that right?
1: Right. So either putting a little bit more topspin, rolling it at their feet or hitting um, that right shoulder or taking a ball that might be just slightly below the net and flicking it at the person.
0: All right. Well, that, that definitely makes sense. So one of the things I wanted to do today is not just focus on the on court instruction with you because i it looks like you, from looking at your facebook page that you're actually pretty into nutrition so tell me a little bit about your your interest in that and you know maybe some of the recipes that you come up with
1: yeah so if you know brandon and i know a lot of people listening probably do you know that one of the things he loves maybe even a little bit more than pickleball is to eat and he eats really clean, really healthy, not a lot of refined sugars in his diet, but he does love sweets. So something that I started doing was baking a lot and figuring out creative ways to bake without the refined sugar and all of the high fat and baking in a healthy way where it still tasted good. Um, so over quarantine, that's where it kind of sparked this idea for me that I would create these recipes and bake for him and for myself as well. And that's kind of where that Facebook page started and grew
0: and so tell me, what's what's your favorite recipe from the ones that you've developed?
1: I would say I get asked multiple times a week to make my chocolate chip cookies. So that's probably uh, my favorite one as well.
0: Okay, that that would definitely be one of my favorites. So tell me what is it that you put in these chocolate chip cookies? I mean, are you, if you're able to give away these secrets?
1: Of course. Yeah. Everything I have, it's posted with a picture and it gives the full recipe too. But instead of it being a white flour or a wheat flour, it's an almond flour. So everything I bake is gluten-free. And then instead of refined sugar, I'll use honey or I'll use dates. And that's what gives it a little bit of a sweetness. And then anytime I use a chocolate, it instead of it being milk chocolate or white chocolate, I'll use usually like a 75, 80% dark chocolate or chocolate.
0: Now, did you have a a background in nutrition or how did you figure out how to put all these recipes together?
1: I don't at all. It's more of just a passion for me and something that I became interested in. I love sweets as well. I could probably eat them for every meal every single day. So I wanted to figure out a way that I could still eat these sweets, but not be eating dessert for every single meal.
0: So how how do you think this impacts you on the pickleball card? I mean, do you find you have more energy? Could you tell, you know, I don't know how much you cook like this before you talked about Brandon, but if, could you tell a difference from, you know, before and and after using these recipes?
1: I can definitely tell a difference. I mean, we intuitively eat, which means that it doesn't mean we only eat this way. We will eat sugar and every now and then we'll have regular cake and ice cream and things like that. But I think it's important to listen to your body and what your body wants and needs. And that will help you perform better too. So if you're about to play, it probably wouldn't be smart to eat a cookie and cake and things like that, but fueling yourself to feel your best and to play your best.
0: Okay, so you had said that most, you get a lot of requests for the chocolate chip cookies. So is that Brandon's favorite or you know what's his favorite?
1: That is his favorite. He loves the chocolate chip cookies, but really he'll eat anything that I make and I have my great te- taste testers too. So Brandon's one of them. My mom always eats anything that I make. And then Brittany as well. She'll taste test everything.
0: Now, how, do you st- are you still finding time to cook like this? I mean, given the fact that, you know, with a pandemic, I could definitely see you having, having the time. But now that, you know, life's kind of getting back to normal, are you able to uh, do as much baking?
1: So I'm actually a school teacher as well. I do coding and robotics for elementary and middle school age kids. So right now it's been really busy, especially once we went back in person, but we have about two weeks of school left and then it'll be summer and I'm sure I'll be back to baking. All
0: right. Well, I have to ask you about this coding and robotics. I mean, that's quite quite a background you must have to teach that. And I've always been, you know, at this point with pickleball, pickleball is still a new enough sport that the Statistics really associated with the game aren't that prevalent because we don't have all these artificial intelligence around the sport yet to really be able to analyze it. I mean, have you thought about doing something like that?
1: You know, I think it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if I myself would be able to do it, but I would be really interested if someone did come up with something for it.
0: Right. Yeah, I could definitely see it helping helping people's games. Games, no doubt. Well, all right. I also wanted to make sure and um, ask you just a couple more questions. And one of them is, tell me a little bit about which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you use that one?
1: So I was always known actually for using the Selkirk S1C+. It was a really old paddle and I just loved it so much. But recently I switched over because they created a power line. And I'm obsessed with it. So I use the S2 shape and then I have the power core and I am loving it right now. So I highly suggest that if you're unsure of what paddle to try or you're in the market to look for a new paddle, try the power paddle from Selkirk. Um, You'll probably fall in love with it. And then let me know how it is once you give it a try.
0: And tell me a little bit about what difference do you feel like it made in your game? How did it change it?
1: So my previous paddle had a lot of control, a little bit less power, but just a lot of control. I felt like I could put the ball where I wanted it to. Now this paddle, I feel like I have the perfect mixture of both. I get the power that I wanted with it, but I still have control and the ball goes where I want it to go.
0: All right, then I will finish up today with talking a little bit about uh, you're teaching, well, I'm sorry, what, you said the name of the place where you teach is Boca Bridges, is that right?
1: Yeah, Boca Bridges.
0: Boca Bridges. And who who do you teach, there? Is Is it just kind of a variety of, of players or do you focus on any, any age or ability?
1: It's a mix of all ages, all abilities. We have a really strong uh, kids juniors program as well. But we take clients who are new to the game, have never played before through all skill levels. And Brandon works there as well with me. So we team teach and we take on new clients all the time.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about the juniors program. That's really getting more and more popular. Whereas, you know, even prior to the uh, pandemic, I don't really think there was that much juniors leagues or clinics or, you know, I think maybe most of it was one-on-one instruction. What do you offer there at Boca Bridges?
1: Right now we do kids clinics every week, and we also do privates with kids. We're hoping to grow the juniors program to be able to do different matches and have interleague or inner squad games against each other. But it's crazy because kids can catch on to the game so quickly, and I mean adults as well, whereas another sport, it might take them a little bit longer. We've noticed that kids of all abilities and all ages are able to come out and play and feel successful in the sport.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, I love to hear all about the juniors and, you know, getting more and more people, people out there. So Taylor, I just wanted to finish up today by asking you if somebody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place to get in contact?
1: They can text me. They can email me. I would say that either one I answer super quickly. So they can email me or they could text me.
0: Well, alrighty, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today, Taylor. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Lynn Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five star review on Apple iTunes.